everyone, and welcome back to episode five of Phaser Friday. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Black Iron Dirt and Demolition. Uh, Black Iron is based out of Fargo, North Dakota, and they can take care of any finished grade excavation projects, uh, any land clearing, anything you need for the spring or summer. Uh, give Black Iron a call. You can also check out their website at blackirondirt.com. Uh, we work very closely with them and are very, very impressed with the work they do and the communication that uh, they have and the reviews we've heard from other people that we refer them to is uh, exceptional. So feel free to give Black Iron Dirt and Demolition a call for your uh, any of your spring projects and we'll go from there. With that, I'd like to introduce our episode five guest. Uh, she is a longtime friend, a close family friend as well. And I'm so excited to have her on and just talk some business and talk about her life. And that is Beth Priday. Welcome on, Beth. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, this is so exciting. Um, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to, to do this. And I can't wait to finally release this episode and really dig into some business here. So, yeah, I'm excited to be on. I, uh, had a chance to review the other uh, podcasts you've been doing, and I absolutely love hearing the entrepreneurial stories. That is uh, right up my alley, as you will find out. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I, I think that's what it's all about, too, is just, you know, talking about entrepreneurship and talking about business. And it's really what gets me going. And I think a lot of people, um, a lot of our listeners, too, they just love hearing about business and different uh, tips and advice and also different stories of how people got started. So, um, with that, I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about your backstory, where you're from, and what you do? Yeah, you bet. Um, well, I am a little bit of a transient. Actually, Detroit Lakes, um, your hometown, is the longest I've ever lived anywhere, and uh, that's a testament to the great city that we live in. Um, but prior to that, I was born in North Dakota, um, went to college, um, my undergrads from NDSU. And uh, I graduated from there and went on to grad school with just a short little gap of um, some work in marketing and advertising. And I went to grad school at the University of South Dakota in Vermilion. And really, my educational background is in marketing, public relations and communications. That's um, kind of the lane I thought I was going to take. Um, like everybody, I had that first big job interview at a newspaper uh, down in Oklahoma and uh, found out what the starting wage was going to be. And I thought, wow, I might want to rethink think my career path. And so I think that really was um, kind of my first taste in thinking um, I might want to look at a bigger picture kind of opportunity. And uh, so I did work a bit in marketing and advertising. I have a strong background in fundraising and nonprofit. That's sort of been my career for the last 25 years off and on. Um, and I think that's also what's led me to be what I would call myself as a serial entrepreneur. Um, mm -hmm. I currently own three businesses. I've owned a variety of businesses in the past. And uh, actually, um, my last, I guess, paid gig that wasn't entrepreneurial driven was I was the director of entrepreneurial services at M State, um, the technical college located here in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. And if there was ever anything to motivate and excite you about entrepreneurism, it is uh, that job. Mm -hmm. um, my primary job was to incubate or help grow and nurture entrepreneurs into grown-up businesses and throw them out into the big real world. And we did that in a variety of ways, um, both with credit-based courses, non-credit courses, 
And then the concept that I developed when I worked there was um, incubators. And we had, I believe, about 47 offices in five cities. And it was an opportunity for somebody to basically grow an idea in a safe space with um, low overhead and get the support they need to uh, grow their business and then hopefully insert themselves in the community of their choice. So it, uh, it it gives me pride to know I have not been at that job in just about seven years now, but it gives me pride to know that I look around and I see some of those businesses still thriving and surviving in uh, the lakes area. So that was my last paid gig. And now I've been full-time entrepreneur ever since then. That's incredible. I mean, I just, I think that's why I was so excited to have you on because you have such a, um, a vast marketing background. And then at the same time, this entrepreneurial background, I'm like, that is like exactly what I'm doing and also trying to figure out along the way. And just a lot of people that I talk to or that have questions, you know, they have questions about entrepreneurship and like, I don't have all the answers, but I I encourage them to ask me just because I feel like I can point them to somebody that does have the answers. So, um, and I can hear that. I mean, and I know that with you, it's just, you love to help people and it's just gotta be so rewarding to see, especially some of those businesses that are still active today and uh, you know, where they started from maybe not knowing anything about business to kind of learning the ropes and, you know, not the perfect formula, but just kind of learning what it takes um, to run a successful business. And I, as I was saying that, I kind of just thought of a question, but um, you know, you said you started for a newspaper. Um, how has marketing changed over time? And I kind of want to, you know, add something to that too. Um, is it consistent? You, you know, I guess digital marketing and traditional marketing has changed, but um, would you agree that word of mouth and just being a good person is, you know, probably one of the biggest um, attributes you can have as a marketer or an entrepreneur? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I would say that's the one thing that's held the test of time. Um, and I would say that's even strengthened with the advent of social media and um, instant connection, like, you know, cell phones and texting and Instagram and um, all of those things, because that is just a different form of word of mouth. But if I, um, I would dare say I go on daily on, let's just say a platform like Facebook, and there's always people saying, I'm in search of a person to do this. I'm Mm -hmm. looking for a new car. What did you buy? Um, It is a power powerful, powerful um, word of mouth tool. It's just a little different presentation. Um, but still, you know, knowing your neighbor and t- asking them a question. Um, one of the funniest stories I have to tell you is I thought the greatest marketing technique either any in any format is living on a lake. And in the spring, um, when you have your dock put out, every, every neighbor's looking to see who's putting your dock out and they're coming over. Hey, what right. dock service did you hire? You spray your lawn. They're coming on over to check out who's doing your lawn service. Um, it's it, in this kind of um, environment, every Everybody wants sort of a recommendation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, always putting your best foot forward, um, having an exceptional customer service, um, having some kind of branding where people can see what truck is parked in your driveway or even a t-shirt, a $10 t-shirt that you might have on while you're putting the dock in. Um, You cannot put a price tag on that kind of marketing. I know a lot of people think that it has to be really high level 
billboard, right. thousands of dollars marketing. But I always tell, um, I always told my entrepreneurs and I tell myself this because I run a small budget business as well. Um, you know, stay within your means, know where your mm-hmm. customers are looking for the information and don't forget to always be your brand everywhere you go. I mean, I look at you right now, um, interviewing me, you're all about your brand. Um, that's awesome. Um, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Phaser Marketing. But um, it's it's just nice to put a face with the brand. And as long as you're representing that in a, you know, ethical, um, mm-hmm. amazing customer service, uh, good uh, image, um, that's invaluable. There's no price tag on that. Totally. Yeah. And I didn't realize that at first, I think uh, when I started Phaser, I thought it was all about, you know, digital marketing and, you know, we'll do everything. And, and I soon realized that um, you know, you do need that, those core business skills and that personality and, uh, just being a good person, those ethics and everything. And, and, uh, so now we're, we're very selective with the businesses we work with because, you know, we'll have people contact us and they'll just say, you know, they're looking for like a, a lifeline and they'll say phaser, you know, can you just take over our business and make us a success? I'm like, I don't think that's how it works. Um, (laughs) We can definitely help. We can build your website. We can work with your voice on social media. Uh, We can drive more traffic to your website, but ultimately you got to deliver the service and, you know, utilize that word of mouth and uh, get those reviews. And there's just so many things that um, we need help with as well. And so we kind of got away, or we definitely got away from the client to agency relationship. And now we're more of just partners with businesses. Yeah, fantastic. There, the, like I said, it, it's an in, invaluable um, relationship. And honestly, um, you need to know a business is invested um, personally mm-hmm. into their own business. Um, the minute you become faceless and the minute you don't um, have a connection to your business anymore, it's really a struggle to be a success. Um, right. I know you don't want to work 24-7. You certainly want to empower the people you hire and that kind of thing. But uh, I mean, a funny story I always tell, uh, obviously, I we're going to get to this, but I happen mm-hmm. to own the Detroit Lakes ice cream truck. And uh, of course, we're the happiest little truck in town. Yeah. And just the other day, I drove up to an event and my first customer was a probably an eight year old girl. And she yelled in my window, do you remember me? And I always say yes, because we yeah. serve a, hundreds of kids, thousands of kids, I dare say, yeah. at the end of the school year. And of course, many of these kids have seen me come to the schools and serve and they want to know if I remember them from their school. Um, while I don't remember every name, right. and every face, um, I certainly remember that our number one customer is kids. So yeah. I always say, yes, they're excited. Um, I usually know what a kid is going to order and yeah. uh, there we have an instant connection. So yeah, it, it, that kind of marketing is like I yeah. said, can't put a price tag on it. Totally. And I love that. And a lot of it too, is just, you know, experience too. For me, it's, it's kind of learning, like it's not all about yeah digital marketing. It's not all about this or that it's, it takes a lot of different uh, moving parts to run a successful business. Um, and I kind of wanted to pivot a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the DL community. I know you'd mentioned that earlier. It's the longest place you've lived. Um, tell me more about the Detroit lakes community and why it's so special to you and to others that live there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, 
came into Detroit Lakes in a very strange entry story. Uh, we never even saw the house that we bought. We bought it online. Um, I don't think that's an industry standard by any stretch, but um, we were coming from two different countries. My husband is Canadian, I'm American, and uh, we were kind of doing the two country living, working situation. Um, like a lot of people may be looking for a second home, but um, we fell in love with Detroit Lakes immediately. Um, I always like to say, I think there's kind of three groups of people. Um, there's the lifers, the people that grew up here, lived there their whole life. There's the Lakers, uh, yeah. those that had a lake connection, came every summer, grew up with their grandparents, have generational cabins. And then there's people like me who just came in, found their lane, uh, found a great group of people, um, became friends with the Lakers and lifers and uh, have found their niche and made it home. And uh, I've lived here for, it will be 20 years this fall. And it is definitely the longest place I've ever uh, put roots down. But it's, it's a little big town. You know, mm -hmm. we uh, grow in the summer, um, I dare say, to probably 30,000, 40,000 people. Um, so we feel a little metro. But mm -hmm. we are on the outskirts of metro, um, not very far from Fargo-Moorhead, not very far from Minneapolis, St. Paul. And uh, yet we have that small town nostalgia where everybody looks out for each other. Uh, we still have some amazing novelties. Um, and when our community wants to get things done, uh, we just step up and we do it. Um, I mean, Detroit Mountain is an example. Our community center is an example. Pretty soon we're going to have a brand new Becker County Museum. Um, mm -hmm. We decide we need a life flight helicopter. We raise the money and we yep. put a life flight in our town. Um, you can't really uh, put the value on living in a town like that, that when we want something or need something or someone needs help, um, everybody pitches in. And uh, I think it's really easy to be an entrepreneur here, too. Um, I was <laughs> thinking about that when you invited me, me to be on the show. Um, I think people want to support hometown people. And we understand the value in that. And instead of price shopping and couponing and, you know, wanting the great deal, what we want is for people to survive, people to thrive. Um, and we want their success is our success. And so right. that differs a little. I look up and down Main Street and there's so many examples of um, amazing entrepreneurship. And there's so many examples in our town of generational and decade entrepreneurship lake shirts being one of them right yeah and it's it's incredible to see that that still lives on even uh, in a day like in an age like today where mm -hmm. you're seeing um more corporate or franchises take over but yeah you go back or i go back home to detroit lakes and it just it feels homey there's a lot of local businesses you can support and yeah i mean the community rallies around each other and it's just it's so fun to see and you know i couldn't Think of a better place that I would want to grow up in. And um, yeah, definitely very thankful of, you know, um, all the years that I grew up in Detroit Lakes. And every time I come back, it's just like so much fun. And uh, I definitely miss it. And I could see us one day, like moving back for good too. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's the success of Detroit Lakes. If people don't come back um, later in their careers, they come mm -hmm. back to retire here. I mean, we right. have a strong retirement communities too. So yeah, it's, it's a great place to live, work and play. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I've been definitely thinking about retiring pretty soon. So <laughs> I'll have to check out some of those communities. Um, don't you retire before me? <laughs> 28. That's the goal. <laughs> it's a good um, goal. So I got to jump into the story. So, you know, you had mentioned, um, you know, you own and run the Detroit Lakes ice cream truck. So 
How did that come about? Um, just walk me through that that story. Yeah, so I, I'm going to be frank. I never once entertained the idea of owning a restaurant, a food business, a bar, anything, a food truck, anything. But uh, in 2016, in the spring of 2016, um, I unfortunately um, was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was home. I uh, had a lot of FaceTime with um, my phone and my computer um, while I was healing and going through treatment. And I was looking on Craigslist and I saw an ice cream truck listed for sale. And I remember shouting out to my husband, um, I think I want to buy an ice cream truck. And he, he said, what are you going to do with that? And I said, sell ice cream. I said, it seems like an amazing uh, opportunity. And it just seemed like it would fit in a resort town. Mm -hmm. um, it was owned by somebody in Detroit Lakes. Um, so I had the luxury of knowing the previous owner and kind of talking to her about um, right. what she had done when I purchased it. But yeah, on a very cold and rainy April day, um, we met her, uh, we went up and drove the ice cream truck. And immediately, I knew in my heart I was going to buy it. We drove on Highway 59 and people were waving at us and we turned on the music and just the whole vibe. And I think sometimes, you know, things happen for a reason. And I was at a little, you know, not so great point in my life. And this just seemed like a really happy thing to insert into my life. And uh, I bought the truck. And the first year I ran it, it was just figuring out what um, kind of the truck was about and what the food culture, right. um, food truck culture was about. And right. to be honest, um, I was just having this conversation with another food truck owner in Detroit Lakes. When I applied for a transient merchant license, which is what you need to operate a food truck in this town, um, there was only two of us in the town that even had transient merchant license. Wow. Now there is like eight of us. Right. So the food truck culture has just grown strong. And I'm in my fifth year. And uh, what was really astonishing to me is even after my first year, I was making money. And that kind of was like a whoa moment because wow. I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of entered into this doing a part-time profession, part-time passion thing. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, what a fun thing to bring to Detroit Lakes. If I make a little money as a side hustle, you know, I can do all the things I love to do, donate to right. organizations, sure. you know, be part of fun things in the lakes region. But I didn't really set out with the intention thinking that this really would be a, a solid moneymaker. Mm -hmm. And five years later, um, my perspective has changed immensely about the potential of food trucks and, and the ice cream truck. That's great. And I mean, like you said, I mean, there's nothing wrong with making money, especially no, in a business. Not. And, uh, you know, it, it does give you more resources to, to give back and to help the community and, you know, help other food trucks flourish. And you guys have built just a community of food trucks. And like mm -hmm. you said, there's, you know, there's eight licenses now, and I feel like, uh, they almost travel together. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, where's the big event? Where can we, give the people what they want essentially and where can we all benefit from this so it's been really fun to watch that grow because it continues to um, build the town and build the events up and you know whatever event is going on it's like let's all meet there and bring the people with and you know it's it's uh it's such a cool industry to be in and i was so curious to like learn a little bit more about the story because i feel like not everyone's just thinking about like, this is my next business is the ice cream truck. No, you're not. And that's why I say, leave your mind open. Because mm -hmm. if I had to do, you know, if I had to say the five businesses I thought I would have, you know, yeah. entered into, 
uh, owning a food truck would have never been one of them. They wouldn't even have made top 10. So just always leave yourself open to possibilities. It's amazing um, the things that sometimes come to you or an opportunity that's sitting out there in front of you and uh, you just make the decision to take that opportunity and, uh, you know, who knows where it's going to go. And you don't always have to have the, uh, I guess, the long range plan the day you enter into something. That's something you might want to be more thoughtful about. I used to tell my entrepreneurs that, you know, slow, slow your roll a little bit and let's um, work on the things that are going to build this into something and decide um, whether it's going to be a business or a hobby or a mix of both. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's, uh, that's really how I started. You know, I, I read the book rework and it really just changed everything, how I looked at business. And, you know, I didn't have like a 10 year business plan and that's okay. You know, and I, first I was like, well, let's figure out if I can do this thing and let's get a client on and see if I can, um, you know, do what I'm telling them I'm going to do and see if I can add value to their business and their lives. And let's start there and let's start today, not a year from now. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, and I, I try and preach about that quite a bit just because I feel like there's so many people out there with an idea or with a hobby and they want to try and turn it into a business. And, um, you can, or you can at least try to, and it doesn't have to be this quit your job tomorrow and take this giant leap of faith off the cliff. A lot of times there's options where you can start it and still work full time on the side. And that would be my advice to somebody looking to start or having an idea is to reach out to somebody, you know, put people in your, in your corner to like, give you some advice, but also like try to start today, not in a year. And, you know, it doesn't all have to be perfect because I'm sure as you can uh, talk about like things change and what you had planned, um, sometimes you have to scrap it and uh, pivot and that's okay. So um, I guess that was a good segue into like, what sort of advice would you give um, somebody looking to either start a business or they have a hobby and, you know, it could make money? Like, what would you give? um, What kind of advice would you give to somebody like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, There's a lot of things I could say, but um, Mm -hmm. I I guess, yeah, I'm going to jump off of what you just said is it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, Find your jumping in point and try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people get caught up. Um, my, my good analogy always was a lot of people would get caught up in buying the backpack and all the fresh school supplies and the fresh crayons and all that stuff. Yeah. But they never went to school. Right. And so uh, sometimes you need to, you know, go to school and learn a few things and then you can back up and have, you know, the shiny new backpack and all the little, the brand new crayons and the brand new ruler and the nice paper, crisp paper. Um, but yeah, sometimes you got to go to school first. Um, and I would say that's exactly what I did. I took a little bit of my own advice. Um, the first year I never even hired anyone. I drove the truck myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I simply had a, a Facebook page. That's it. I didn't have any other marketing tools and I grew that, um, because I knew it was free. And I knew it was readily accessible to me. And it was something I could manage myself without getting, you know, too much on board. I think another thing you need to decide um, down the road, too, is there's always a fine line between profession and a hobby. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things I used to say is if you look at your top five bills in your household, and if this side hustle is not paying those, 
it's still in kind of the hobby phase um, okay. or it's still still a side hustle. And there's nothing right. wrong with side hustles. A lot of people make a ton of money on side hustles. I never discount those because you can pay for vacations and college and kids braces right. and do things that you never could do with just your um, steady stream of income. So, but you kind of have to understand that because if you're going to live off of this, um, then you have to be more mindful of, you know, the revenue and the expenses and right. putting the effort into um, elevating um, the kind of money you need to make um, to actually pay those top five bills. So, yeah, I, I encourage, especially a lot of young entrepreneurs, keep the day job and mm -hmm. work the side hustle till you can find a, a good balance for sure. Yeah. And I would definitely attest to that because, um, you know, I'm still working full time and, you know, running the business lunch breaks, nights, weekends, mm -hmm. and then, but also, you know, putting, um, we have a great team that we've put together that, you know, I couldn't do it on my own. So that has really helped me, but, um, yeah. And to go off of that too, is, you know, if, if your revenue isn't there yet, where it's not going to kind of pay those expenses, um, look to see if you can keep all the money in the business mm -hmm. and just, you know, live off of what you make at your day job and, you know, give it a year, maybe two years and just keep building it up, keep building those, uh, referral sources, the reviews, um, uh, portfolio, like what can you show your future clients when you do make that jump? And, uh, and, you know, just that reputation too. So I think um, you learn a lot when you do. And I think that's probably the most important thing um, somebody asking about this would do is just to start, ask questions. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be as scary as it may seem. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, so big year in 2020. Um, you know, it was a crazy year for all of us. Um, what, and you know, we, we talked a little bit about pivoting too. Um, how did COVID change any of your businesses or did it? Um, what did you do, uh, during this last year? Yeah, you know, it, it was very interesting for me because, um, to talk straight up business, um, in mm -hmm. 2019, I had my biggest year ever on the ice cream truck. Mm -hmm. It was Phenomenal. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It was absolutely fantastic. And I think some of it had to do with um, we became intentional with our bookings where we could right. get a high return on small work. So right. things like weddings and graduations and um, where there's, you know, a lot of business in a short amount of time, I guess, versus right. just driving around in the onesie twosies. We still do that because that's who we are. Mm -hmm. But um, we became a little more intentional in building our revenue stream and being able to reinvest in the business a little bit. Um, so then coming into 2020, um, we were shut down because we were basically like restaurants. Right. So instead of going out at the end of April, we didn't, our first gig was June 18th. And we, instead of making money, we were refunding money. Um, we just felt like every other small business, we weren't mm -hmm. going to take people's down payments for weddings and graduations and things that were not going to happen during COVID. So yeah. we were just sending money out and we were just trying to get by. There was a lot of rules that we had to follow. Um, I, I dare say it kind of took away a little bit of the funnest truck in town. Yeah. Um, you know, when you have to wear rubber gloves and put a mask on and, um, you know, not touch anything and have hand sanitizer on your truck. It just kind of, I don't know, it put a little bit of a damper on it. Sure. We still plugged along. Um, we did do some business in 2020, 
but it certainly made us grateful for what we've got going on now in 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, Since things have changed now, kind of late spring, early summer here, um, business has picked up, things look a lot better. Um, Probably our biggest pivot was just controlling our costs and um, not losing money. I mean, to be frank. Yeah, that was probably the scariest thing. And I think probably all businesses could attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a crazy year. And I was, yeah, I was just really curious about, you know, so did they, so you were treated as like a restaurant then? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're inspected and licensed by, I'm actually inspected and licensed by the Department of Agriculture. Food trucks mm-hmm. are, can be a little bit different. If you prep food on your truck, mm-hmm. then it's, um, you have to be, have like a, a food inspection, right. but I serve package treats. So there's no preparation on my truck. And so I have a little bit different inspection, but we were still treated the same um, as the food industry. We still had to follow the same guidelines and have COVID policies and Mm -hmm. all of those kinds of things. So, um, and the other thing is, is a lot of what you alluded to earlier, the food truck culture kind of came to a screeching halt. Right. Um, In this town, you know, we have food truck Fridays where we all gather in the park and you know, you can come out and enjoy food truck lunch. We have trucks and tunes on yeah. periodic Thursday nights where it's live music in the park and the trucks are there. Um, we are at a lot of special events and businesses and grand openings and customer appreciations and all of that went away. So yeah, COVID just changed everything and we couldn't do business as usual. So we just tried to do some business, like I said, mm-hmm. to just mitigate the losses is really where right. we we're at. So it wasn't as fun of a year. Yeah. Um, and it was a little, it was a bit of a struggle. I would say I'm thankful I didn't have as high a overhead. Um, right. So my struggle was less as some of the restaurant industry was. Um, and I also um, only employ just a couple part-time people on a normal right. basis, but it still affected me. And um, yeah, it, I, I'm so happy 2021 is looking much different. Yeah. Let's just say that. Definitely. It's yeah. good to be back. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm into uh, that. Yeah, it's going to be a big summer. And mm-hmm. uh, that's just, it's so exciting, you know, for you guys and for a lot of people too, just to have events back and um, people spending money and people mm-hmm. just out and about and, you know, just happy. So, yep. um, you know, we talk a little bit about ups and downs of entrepreneurship and owning a small business. And we talk a little bit about, you know, COVID and how that kind of threw a wrench in some things. So do you have any uh, stories or anything about uh, maybe something negative that you've experienced in your entrepreneurship journey and owning a business? Um, anything that have maybe like made you want to give up on running a business or, you know, go into the corporate world or anything like that? Yeah, you know, um, I think it's it's probably a couple of things that everybody faces. Um, one of the ugly parts about entrepreneurship is, um, you're the last one paid. Um, (laughs) so if you do employ people, um, you know, you're, I mean, this is the way I feel. And it's usually the way all entrepreneurs feel. You want to pay your people, pay your bills. And then, you know, the little pile that's left really is what you get paid at. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's, that's a constant reminder of how precarious entrepreneurship can be. Um, luckily there's so many, you know, good things that kind of keep you, um, from focusing on that. I think the other thing is, is when people don't pay their bills or don't pay you on a timely basis, Mm -hmm. um, that is something I've really 
um, had to preach to entrepreneurs. When I was at the college, that was probably the one number one thing I would talk to entrepreneurs about is invoicing on time and mm-hmm. making sure you're collecting your money. Because if you don't have money in and you constantly have money out, you right. start to cycle in a downward, you know, movement. And that's really what gets entrepreneurs um, kind of in a pickle, if you will. Um, And in fact, one of the things that most entrepreneurs are horrible at is bookkeeping. That is not their strong suit. And so um, I think, you know, hiring a professional um, in places that is really not your um, forte is something I can't preach enough. Um, If you have to spend a few bucks on an attorney, do it. If you Mm -hmm. have to spend a few bucks on a bookkeeper, because that's not where your talents lie, do it because your business will stay accountable. It'll stay above water. You'll collect your money on time and in the long haul, um, you'll be rewarded for it. Um, yeah, money collecting is not fun. Uh, bill collecting is not fun. And I would say just the long hours. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's been times I've thought, is it all worth it? Um, I could right. go to an eight to five job at five o'clock. I just, you know, let the door slam shut and go Clock home like out. everybody else. But I'm sure, um, and I know that you've experienced this since you do a day job and a side hustle, you know, there's midnight and you're stuffing folders or licking stamps yeah. and you're thinking, oh Lord, um, is this going to be worth it in the end? But um, I, I think one of the things that keeps entrepreneurs coming back time and time again is there's a little buzz in people who love to be self-employed and you feel it. Um, you feel that sense of excitement and accomplishment. And when you have a a victory, no matter how big or small, Mm -hmm. it even feels better because it's your own and um, it's, you're not celebrating somebody else's victory. I also think entrepreneurs like the fact that they're their own bosses and the buck stops with them. So even when they make a bad decision, it's their own bad decision, but when they make a good decision, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit more control if you will. So, you know, some of those bad things are not necessarily, um, uh, something that would make me throw in the towel, but trust me, there's been times I've thought, gosh, maybe I should just do an eight to fiver and like, you know, be like the majority of the world, but all great ideas, especially, um, some amazing inventions and, cool things have come from entrepreneurs who have stuck with it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's definitely, you know, and it's not for everyone too, but I would, you know, urge people to give it a go and give it a try. And and I think in the world of freelancing and subcontracting, it's actually fairly easy to, Mm -hmm. depending on the business, but to give it, give it a go. And uh, you'll, you know, you'll soon find out like if you get that, that fever and you're just like, okay, maybe I should look more into this and start reading some books and start, you know, just trying this, um, or you're just like, this might not be for me. So, um, you know, I say just give it a go kind of on the side and figure it out a little bit, do some reading and research and see if you get that fever. But, um, yeah, cause I know I kind of want, you know, wanted to take that into the next step of, you know, what is the most rewarding thing? And, and you definitely touched on it there. It's like, um, there's so many things, you know, when you do own your own business that, you know, I've learned to celebrate the small victories. And, you know, if, especially like we work with other clients and we're a service business. So like mm-hmm. we're celebrating their leads and their business and their accomplishments. And that's been incredibly rewarding to me. And I want them to know that as well. Like I'm here with them and for them. And like, we're going to do this together. Um, another thing too, which I know 
you're big on is uh, giving back. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, right, right when I started, you know, and I'm still not even technically full time, but, you know, I, I knew I wanted to set something in place of like, let's try and give back, even though we don't have the money. And, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe that's our time. Maybe that's, um, you know, we came out with the phaser fundraiser where we couldn't donate the $5,000, but we could use our skills and try to get the community together to donate. And, you know, it's really just, it's, it, that was the most rewarding thing. And it still is of like what, what we do and what I do. It's just the giving back and like working with people and helping them with their business. And, uh, you know, I know you do a lot with giving back and volunteering. Uh, if you don't mind just touching on that a little bit, what you do with the Detroit lakes area with volunteering and elsewhere. Um, you know, I'll be honest in the years I was at the college, that's another thing I preached. I said, that should be in your business plan. You Mm -hmm. should have a plan for philanthropy. Um, I truly believe that, you know, if you reinvest in the community that supports you or you reinvest in the customers that are willing to support you, um, you'll see the rewards multiple times over. Um, and it's been true for me. It's absolutely been true for me. Um, I've seen it in every business I've owned. Um, if you're generous with people, um, the generosity is returned to you. And yeah, I am very involved in our community. Um, I've always said that if you want to see change, you need to be the change. And you can't talk about uh, what needs to be done if you're not willing to help step in and do it. I do serve on multiple boards. Um, mm-hmm. I've helped in many, many fundraising campaigns for uh, projects in this community. Um, I definitely have some passion projects. Um, obviously, the Humane Society is one of them. Um, I helped raise the money and build the building for them about 20 years ago. And uh, I have dog children, not real children. Yeah. So um, that's always been a passion for me. And uh, there's so many other great nonprofits in town. Um, I'm always happy to serve on a board, volunteer. Um, like I said, my background is fundraising and nonprofits. So Um, A lot of times I use my skills and talents to assist in fundraising, grant writing, uh, developing fundraisers for people. But, you know, there's a lot of ways you can mix your business um, Mm -hmm. with that. Even when you're young and starting out, even when you're a new business and you don't have a lot to give, you can still give time and talent, um, even if you can't give, you know, resources. And there's a lot of value in that. Um, I've donated the time of my ice cream truck. Um, Mm -hmm. I've donated ice cream. At the end of the season, when we clear the truck out, um, one thing I always make sure we do is we go around to area nonprofits, the police department, anybody who's in service to us in the community, and we just give out free ice cream. Mm -hmm. It's a way to say thank you. Um, It's also a way for us to give back. And it kind of just ends our season on a high note. So I've been doing that the last three years. I absolutely love that. Um, I look forward to it every year. And uh, there's nothing more exciting than blowing the door open on a, you know, the police station or a nonprofit uh, and saying, hey, we're here for free ice cream. Um, Yeah. So like I said, be creative in your philanthropy, um, but build it into your business plan. It's a smart Mm -hmm. move. Uh, You won't regret it. Definitely. Well, I'll make sure I'm around when you do that free ice cream. All right. Deal, you so. be there. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a tip about where we're going to be. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. Well, Beth, uh, I appreciate you so much for, for being on and really just uh, helping us just dive in and just talk about business. And like I had mentioned earlier, we're really just trying to break down the walls of uh, talking about entrepreneurship and talking about business. And if there's anyone out there that, um, 
wants to contact me, you know, I'm very open about like, here's my email, here's my number, shoot me a text, just let me know. And, you know, I can, if I don't have the answer, I can point you in the direction of somebody who does have the answer. Um, but as far as, you know, your business and the ice cream truck and everything, um, what would be a good place for somebody to contact you either for business or if maybe they do have questions about entrepreneurship? Yeah. You bet. I, I'm always open. Um, I've had other food trucks and other communities contact me asking about how to start up, but you can reach us on Facebook. Um, you can also reach us uh, at ice cream truck at arvig.net. And we also have a phone number. It's 218-308-7765. So you can reach us any one of those ways. Or if you see me out on the street driving the truck, you can certainly flag me down and uh, we can connect. And I think a lot of people um, know how to reach me on my personal Facebook page mm -hmm. as well. So I, like you, am always happy to answer questions, give back, um, offer some free advice, heavy emphasis on free. And yeah. uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, tell them what I know about uh, the businesses that I'm involved in for sure. Wonderful. Well, we will have uh, your contact info linked below on the page. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just appreciate it so much. I loved having this call with you and uh, we'll definitely be seeing you soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Right, I Beth. appreciate being on. It was yep. a lot of fun. No problem. We'll see you later. Yeah.